the core of cyberspace. This is the J2 Podcast. Technical difficulties, guys? Nah, we're just uh, working some of the bugs out of the system. With your host, Justin Wilson, covering topics such as networking, internet provider news, renting, our computer. Every 12 year old kid in Miami has one. And everything in between. All systems ready. Justin Wilson here. I'll let Eric and JJ kind of introduce themselves. We're just kind of doing a, a chat today about what they're doing in the ISP industry and going from there. So, Eric, go ahead. Well, I'm uh, Eric Suter. I own the Junction Internet uh, LLC. Out of uh, We're out of Northeast Oklahoma, and uh, we're a WISP, uh, probably about uh, 2,200 subs. Uh, we started in the early dial-up days since 1996 is when I began my company, and Kind of transition to the wireless, you know, later on. So I've been doing this, uh, doing this a while. JJ, uh, sure. My name is JJ McGrath. I own a Wisp uh, out of just north of Dallas, right before you get in Oklahoma, and um, we're about a little over about thirteen hundred subs. Uh, the Wisp name is Texoma Communications LLC. We're doing a DBA as TechWave. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, that's about it. Simple. Oh, I've been in this industry for twenty since twenty thirteen. I kind of dumb lucked my way into this uh, from a previous business owner uh, partner. Uh, talked me into this. Didn't know what the hell I was doing, and uh, but I've enjoyed it. Enjoyed uh, the journey. It's uh, taking it, and I love this industry. So we'll, we'll start with you, Dick JJ. What have you uh, What have you seen change in oh just the past five years in the Wisp industry? Uh, certainly more, uh, I think, uh, better product availability. You know, our people are starting to take us more serious on what we can deliver. I know before I came in, a lot of people were building, hand-building their radios and their receivers, and then was trying to hodgepodge things together. Now it's you can just go to Amazon and buy stuff right off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, that opens up a lot of other things where people think they can do their own, <laughs> their own wisp, but, uh, and, then don't, and they do it badly, but... You know, you got to start somewhere. So, uh, but that's the, probably the biggest things I've seen change. I still think there's a lot of growth, room for growth. There's, we need more vendors in here to help do uh, software programs, uh, more support systems. Uh, but I see more people coming in um, to help offer packages. Um, so, and I've seen now at the point where I'm working with uh, the newest thing I'm playing with is a LTE. And I'm actually working with Ericsson and Nokia, and those big boys are really starting to understand this market a lot better and starting to adjust their prices to be uh, quote unquote you know, WISP friendly prices. Uh-huh. So it's still to be decided, and still I still need to see everything. But uh, I, I, that's the, some of the things I see. Are you are you running into kind of like what JJ is seeing, Eric? You you oh, got yeah. folks who are you know, they're they're buying the the wisp stuff off of Amazon and just kind of throwing it up and yeah I I do see that I, I personally don't subscribe to that myself I, I use a lot of the vendors I've got I've gotten pretty good pricing with a lot of the wisp vendors and there's a lot more of them now and there's a lot of availability with them um, but you got you guys were asking about the industry kind of changing I mean you know I remember in the earlier days you know we could get by with uh, you know two and three mag uh, connections and yep, everybody yeah. was happy and it's it is uh, definitely the demand for bandwidth has definitely grown and I, I'm like JJ I've deployed LT in my network and I've had to do things to, to really increase capacity and to tighten up bandwidth and you know to, to shoot for you know we're doing 25 meg bandwidth packages now and you know that 
that can be a little hard to do with uh, it's getting easier with the technology but it is to, to keep keep that up at a you know with your growth and and keeping up the APs it can be kind of a task to have that quality of service yeah as, as you guys expand are you seeing uh, like your well, you call your cell sizes. Are you seeing them shrink as you expand to try to get more bandwidth? Or you? I do. What I what I, I believe is to really have the big core ter- core towers, as I call them, big my big towers, mm-hmm. the feed micropops. And to me, a micropop is anything a tower, uh, not necessarily a house relay link. Uh-huh. I call that more of a uh, well, house relay link or a pico pop. Okay. You know, uh, to me that just serves maybe two or three, four, five homes, something like that. But micro pop to me serves. I have my what I consider micro pop up to you know forty, fifty homes. Okay. And it could be on a room twenty five that's uh, maybe eighty foot up in the air, hundred foot in the air. And I'm deploying more of those, and I particularly like them when the customers put them up. So yes. they'll say, "Hey, you need a hundred foot? Oh, by the way, we'll give you a discount on your internet service if we can relay." So that's how we grow our micro micro pops. I think I got two or three already coming online here in April um, so you know if I have my way here later uh, this year we're gonna be putting up two to four six something like that a month on our own because I believe in the more of the micro pop style to get the signals hot yes I'm not necessarily trying to shoot these people five ten miles away from the tower I'd rather get the signal in the neighborhood and if it only serves five ten people it's fine as if the ROI makes sense to you uh, I've learned in this industry it's all about the the long game uh-huh. So it's just not just, you know, I get it that you got to pay for it, but take the long picture. But I think putting the micro pop to get that neg 40 signal to that client, that way you can pop them 100 meg is it's far easier to do. Feeding the micro, hop, micro pop is the challenge, but that's a different challenge. <laughs> well, and then, uh, you know, on the other side of that, well, what I've seen that's really helped me to increase capacity is yes, absolutely, we've gone to smaller cells. Uh, what's really saved us is, uh, you know, we the RF elements uh, horn antennas have been spectacular for us. We've, you know, um, I was kind of early on in doing this, but we've we've kind of just gone away from sectors completely. I've actually got s- probably several towers. I've done the entire thing with horn sectors, and uh, the you know the amount of capacity, bandwidth, the noise isolation you get is just absolutely amazing. And I'm really excited to. For their newer uh, asymmetrical horns, I'm, uh, I've probably bothered Tasso s- several times here, uh, asking them when, they, when they'd be available. But uh, uh, yeah, I plan on any new towers. I plan on deploying those for my five gigahertz uh, equipment. Since you've been doing horns, are you finding that you're now um, you have less customer count per AP, um, so you can provide those those higher packages? Yeah, uh, that's that's. A big reason. Um, I think another problem is I was leaking a lot of bandwidth all over myself, and uh, uh, we had did we kind of started early on with you know 10 megahertz channels. When as you guys know, 10 megahertz channels is really limits you on the amount of bandwidth yeah. you can sell on it. Sure. So, so uh, you know, I was a ubiquity network. I, I still am a ubiquity network, and I was one of the guys that kind of rode them out until they had a viable synchronization product <laughs> and uh, the only I don't think I could have wrote them out without horn antennas that was, okay. that was really the way I could isolate and keep frequencies away from myself and uh, yeah to do 20 megahertz channels horns synchronization I mean they're all that were definitely all part of it getting the, getting the count smaller so are, are either you doing towers with 40 megahertz channels on them at the moment no. I, I heard that from a couple people that they're increasing their 
um, some of theirs to 40 megahertz. And I'm like, well, it, what's the trade-off here? You know, should you go smaller cells or do you want to you know, increase your, your current capacity? You know, I, was, I was talking to one guy and I'm like, well, that, to me that might be short-term, um, you know, get the, get the bandwidth, but are you guys seeing a lot of noise in your areas creeping in? Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually in a, in a rural area, probably less than, than uh, JJ here, because I, you know, really be honest, even at 40 megahertz, uh, you end up stepping all over yourself. I, yeah. I, I, I've got, I've got tower, you know, I've got APs in a, in a pretty thick area, and, and, and most of my interference is, is just trying to avoid my own APs. So 40 megahertz will make it really hard to do. Yeah. I think that'd be very difficult to implement. And if you got noise, like you got down in Sherman Denison, I can't even imagine doing 40 megahertz. So no, I can't. I mean, some of my areas, I don't know what your competition is. I got four or five wisps all trying to compete in my area. So yeah. most of us, well, I mean, we don't really talk to each other, unfortunately. But most of us are just running on 20 megahertz. To me, if you need to, if you're running out of capacity, my this is my opinion and my rule of thought. If you're having to go from 10 to 20, that's that's acceptable megahertz channel changes. But to go up to 40, put another AP up. Uh, Don't blast 40 megahertz. It's more efficient to horn yourself up and put more APs out there. I mean, Nextlink is a big competitor out there. I mean, they'll come in there and steamroll in <laughs> with 20 APs. It's a model that does work. Everything's on 20 megahertz. Yeah, they they, they slam the, the, the frequencies and the spectrum. They gobble it up, but it does work. Just but they're also inter interfering with themselves or, they are. or having to really plan it but out. But if you have a good network plan and say that I come in and I'm going to do, let's say, 5210 on zero degrees and I do you know 5180 on south, it may work or may not. You just got to plan it, and that's my next tower, and then this is my next tower, and that's pretty much what Rise's model is. You, this is the plan, and this is I stick with my plan. Now, what that's what do you guys good. use for planning out, like you're saying, planning out your towers? Is it a lot of just paper and just knowing? It's or? just like whatever the tech wants to kind of do. <laughs> I, you do you do what? <laughs> Basically, unfortunately, that's what it is. I, we start off with what our standard is now. We start off in the corners. So northeast, southeast, southwest, northwest. Okay. That's what we come in. We'll do 90-degree sectors, and then we just see what happens. So as we add more clients, we may drop them down from 90s to 60s, and maybe now suddenly we have to add a north. Now we have to add a true south in the midst of everything else. I mean, my biggest tower we have is... Um, yes. I think nine APs, but it's a huge, massive uh, water tower, and they, the APs can't hear themselves. Yeah, the, the water tower is isolated. Yeah, exactly. So that one worked out just just beautiful. Um, most times, though, like my, my typical uh, ubiquity tower um, and my cambium stuff, we'll do maybe six, maybe, and that's about it. But we, we'll roll them before, and that's, that's what we do. And we aim for maybe... 20 AP, uh, 20 subs off an AP, 20, okay, 25, kind of your, your max. but we start seeing problems with that any past that, so I'd rather just add another yeah. AP. And now with what, the what, new what asymmetrical horns, are you using? Uh, I use mostly a, uh, all 5 gigahertz outside yeah. of my LTE yeah, stuff, and I use my LTE, I use 365, and I use, I actually have two band 41, uh, 2.5 gigahertz channels, so I yeah. use those two, um, and they do well. I do very, very little 2.4. So I only do it if I actually have to. Okay. And it does okay, and it does it only in my very rural parts. What yeah, about you, Eric? It, pretty much the same. I mean, I use the um, mostly 5 gig for most of my line of sight stuff. Very few 2.4, just that would be like little isolated micro pops. And uh, 
LTE, you know, the 365 stuff. And uh, uh, I don't obviously don't have a 2.5 license. I've kind of looked around for them. Uh, so uh, that would be a nice thing to to add, and hopefully maybe we'll get one. Let's talk about that separately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking into, I'm really interested in TV white space now. I think the game's changing a little on it, and I uh, just heard some rumors that they're talking else. I even heard some LTE possible uh, in that possibly, band, which yeah, is, well, I've heard some authoritative, I'm not going to mention it's names good. here, that good, have good. said some things that, that could possibly be a possibility. So I'm kind of excited for possibly that band, but the stuff that's out there is just... I'm not going to name vendors, but I, they still, a lot of them look like white boxes to me. Yes, so. they really are. Yeah. I, mean, I think the biggest thing that, and I've talked to a lot of WIST, and I've been I've accused of this uh, a, a lot, and, and righteously so, but it, it's, you got to, you know, no matter what, TV white space, and Eric would probably be in Eric's area in South, uh, Northeast Oklahoma, is way better than where I am, just north of Dallas, because I catch a lot of traffic off of DFW Metroplex. True. For in the case of TV white space. So I learned a lesson. For me, TV white space may not work out well, but you got to try it. I mean, I tried both buy sales and Telrad, LTE, and 365s and 25s. And, mm -hmm. you know, if I talk to Adair, he loves his Telrad 365, but in my area, 365 kind of sucks. So you got to, you, you have to try your different frequencies with different vendors in your area. Yeah, yeah. you're going to spend extra money, you're going to spend extra time, but it's that's the best time. You can look at all the case studies you want. Try your two four. Maybe two four is going to work out great in your area, or maybe two five is, or come to find out two five is not going to work great in your area. You're catching some interference that you shouldn't be, but you are. Mm -hmm. So it gets kind of interesting, and but that's why I want to have as many frequencies options as possible, so I can tell that customer, yes, I do not want to say no. We still probably are hovering around. 50 to 60 percent no's on site surveys oh, okay just yeah. because of trees or hills or whatever the case may be or we just don't have the lte up on the tower yet that's why i have if i have my ideal structure of a tower i have a five gigahertz ring a 365 ring and a 25 ring i want to say yes and no matter where you are you're going to get one of my signals so and, and two five isn't the the killer everybody thinks no it is, it is not that it's, it's a nice separate discussion have, but. but that is a yes <laughs> I think the 2.5 play is going to be more of a mobility play. Okay. But that's a different story. So you don't see the 10-watt uh, radio limitation uh, helping you out that much? No. Really? No. I okay. still have struggles. And it's still, you're going to fight it even four or five miles out through pine trees. Yeah, the customer still even has to five. get back. Yes. Yeah. And that's the problem is that you can't get, I cannot find a connectorized 2.5 UE. Okay. To get back, of course, apparently, because you still have the IRP limits. Yeah, they're yeah. all, albeit they're higher, but because you have a 10 watt transmit power at the AP, your client is problematic. Yeah. So, yeah, I had, we did an experiment when it makes sense where I had my iPhone and it was connected to my Unify six, seven hundred feet away. But mm -hmm. as I got further, I could still hear it, but I couldn't communicate yeah, back. Communicate back, yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't understand it. They can see the SSID, but they can't communicate back. So you've got to understand it. And it, it doesn't matter. 2.5 does not solve that problem. Yeah. It's still a physics problem. And yeah, you can see the signals, and it's great. And uh, it does help with a lot of stuff. I do like LTE for standards base and some other reasons. But uh, it is not the end-all, be-all. And then you have massive limitations. Yeah. And the more tree coverage you have your bandwidth goes down. Yeah, you can still do it, but when people are pushing 4K streams and oh, yeah. they want to do high-end gaming, 2.5 is not, it sucks actually, LTE. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you guys in an area where you can do any 60 gigahertz? We kind of talked about 60 gigahertz and uh, mm -hmm. before lunch, you guys 
what, what are you doing with 60 gig? I'm not, the only thing, I only have one 60 gigahertz link. Well, actually, it's an 80 gigahertz link. It's a, uh, from CI. Um, and it goes from my main tower into my knock, which is about okay. 1,500 feet away. Okay. It's a 10 gig radio link. The thing just rock solid. Um, we are exploring the idea of doing 60 gigahertz and like what you're talking about in your use cases, like what Justin Miller does. Uh, you know, building the building. Now, granted, yeah. he's a lot bigger buildings than I am here, but in my little downtown area, why not flood my downtown area with 60, uh, 60 gigahertz and compete against the cable company and give everyone a gig speed yeah. for a hundred bucks? Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Just get it in there because everyone hates the, the local cable company. You doing um, any 60 gig air? Uh, yeah, I've got, uh, oh, I've probably got a couple of pairs of 60 gigahertz just kind of point to point links. I'm kind of backing up some fiber connections with them. Sure. And uh, man, they're. Amazing. Uh, I didn't think the alignment was as easy as you guys said. But, uh, <laughs> are, are you using Microtix? Uh, I've actually got Ignites. It was before Microtix even came out with theirs. But I'm actually excited to try some of their Yeah, I mean, that, so. that, you know, the Ignite or the, the Microtix has those little arrows, and you just kind of follow the arrows. Um, you know, I've, I've aligned a lot of 80 gig, um, fair amount of 60 gig, and, you know, they're, they're both kind of difficult to align. Um, but you know, on the Microtik with those those arrows, they're awesome. That's good. A uh, use case, though, I am uh, the the hybrid stuff really does interest me. So on the sixty gig, um, where you could maybe you know put some APs on poles per block kind of yep. deal, and uh, that's a, that's an interesting concept. And I've I'm followed a couple of the guys out there. The guy in Arizona uh, that does it, and uh, I've followed some of them, and it's interesting. I definitely think that's a viable solution to get gigabit to the house. From uh, with the wireless, yeah, you had to use fiber, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah taking fiber yeah, to poles well, and some guy up in Nebraska does that. What he does is he runs uh, fiber mainline down the street and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah. what he'll do instead of running fiber to the homes, he'll just put an AP up, a Microtech AP, mm -hmm. and shoot the last two or three hundred feet. He goes, man, I can give you deliver a neg thirty signal and oh, yeah. hundred two hundred <laughs> meg without a problem. <laughs> Done, easy. And he goes, I don't have to trench everyone through the house. I just run down the pole. Yeah. And put APs up on the pole and call it a day. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's an interesting business application. Yeah. And our, where, where, where are you guys seeing, you know, we, we've talked about the LTE and some uh, some 700 or some white space stuff. Where are you guys seeing your business going in the next 12 months? Just expansion with what, what you're doing? Or are you going to, you guys getting more into fiber? Or what's, what's the hot, sexy thing? <laughs> Well, I, I do a little bit of fiber. I don't, you know, most of my fiber I do is kind of between towers. Uh, we've got a couple of, I'm actually getting ready to do some, uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in a small town, so we've got a little downtown area that uh -huh. uh, I've got, I've already kind of got some fiber going to, uh, but I'm not really provided much to the businesses. So I'm actually getting ready to do a build out and I don't know, we're going to hit about four or five probably businesses uh, just to try it out, do some G-Pon with them. But you're and, still seeing the wireless is, is you know, if you yeah. keep those cell sizes small, the wireless is still kicking butt. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I'd be open to possibly, you know, doing some hybrid wireless, maybe hitting some subdivisions and doing it. We've actually bought some, uh, you know, some more excavation type equipment to do, to bury things in the ground. And we, we do a lot of that with Ethernet, with wireless. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I mean, I'm definitely not, not, I'm definitely open to that, uh, but I do know the cost of money. I mean, fiber is really expensive. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's the big problem. Well, likely anything is it's what's your ROI expectations, and what I've learned in uh, talking to several WISP that do um, uh, fiber is that 
it's a three to five year payback. But it's still maintenance free after after you put it in. It's it pays for itself, and you can go from a single strand and go to 140 gig with the white white ray uh, optics on it. So it's very interesting. But well, and it's an asset too. I mean, yes, you're, it's, it's not yes. going to be something that's going to depreciate. It's always going <laughs> to increase the value, and yeah. it will it will add the value of your business. There's no doubt. Well, and that banks like it. They they loan on it better because yeah. they love glass. They love this because it's a, considered a plant, a, a physical asset of your business. Versus they don't understand wireless. They don't understand. Oh wait a minute! If I if you default and I have to climb a roof or I have to climb a tower to get the equipment, yes. Oh no, I don't, I don't understand this thing. No one wants to buy that anyway. No, no, they don't. So, and I, I think in the the fiber stuff is people don't realize no, that uh, fiber has a lifetime. You, know, you can you can do cheaper fiber yeah, and it's got a, a lifespan. Um, you can spend the extra money, but fiber in the end still has a life lifespan. Well, it does. Everything has a lifespan. So, but I think its lifespan is like thirty years or something like that. Well, and then you got the conduit, which is to me the most important piece of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you do it cheaply, then the lifespan's not going to be as yeah. big. So, if, yeah. you're, if you're deploying fiber, you can go cheap, but it's going to bite you in the end. Sure. But Eric, Eric you do aerial or burial? Fiber? I do a little bit of both, okay. and you know, aerial is definitely the cheaper way of doing it. But yeah. you know, you know, I'm. A lot of people don't think of Oklahoma as a lot of trees. Eastern Oklahoma's got a lot of trees. Oh, yeah, We're a very, right. very foresty uh, area. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, you know, you cringe if an ice storm comes in or things like that. And, um, you know, I've actually done well. I've had some of my fiber up on poles for, uh, that, that are, some of them are, I think, I think I've got one run. It's about a mile and a half. And about half of it's uh, through some kind of uh, tree neighborhoods that I always get nervous about. <laughs> so far, you know, uh, I haven't had anything happen yet, but you know, it's just a matter of time before I've even had some poles knock over and the fibers have actually held them, <laughs> held them up. It's interesting the tension on those actually, yeah. you know, it's, it, it, they, they like to break one way, but not the other, you know. Okay. So uh, we're getting on 20 minutes. So you guys uh, have any William Gibson forward thinking where the, the WISP industry is going to go in the next five, ten years? What's the, uh, the, the crystal ball? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, just looking at things happening, I think there's a lot of work to be done in, like, with Nemo and beamforming. I think okay. we haven't, I think we just kind of skirt. I don't think we, you know, they've got the big options. You pay some pretty good money for them, but I think you're going to start seeing that get more standard no. and uh, I yeah, think I that will in the LTE world you can get you know six by six ten by ten and that really makes it awesome sure but we haven't seen that in the WISP world no and I mean it's gonna be interesting uh, that starts cropping up in the five gig spectrum and that sort of thing and I think that could be a you know if that technology stays with us and we'll be able to stay up with the bandwidth needs hopefully yeah so I'm just don't think I'm kind of fearing in that that five-year window seven-year windows the the spectrum do we have more access to Spectrum? Are we going to sure. lose access to Spectrum? Or what's going to happen with CBRS? When we, all our licenses start to expire next year, I kind of worry about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's fine for now, but what happens in three years, you know, five years? And you, we all see five gigahertz really starting to get crowded yes. now. So what is our next option? The 3,700 to 4,200? You know, I, I don't know. It could be kind of interesting. Um, well, of course, the government's sticking their nose in a whole lot more, and you know, we see VRS, and now we got to pay extra fees. So it's going to be kind of interesting to play. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why you see more WISP actually turning to stuff like 
fiber. Yeah. Trying to figure out, or the 60 gigahertz play, something else that's kind of still open, or that something's got some longevity. Somebody, something hasn't goofed with. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's always going to be a need for a rural wisp. I'm not saying that, not going to deny that. Um, um, it's just, I think there's going to be tougher challenges coming down in the pipe. Still money to be made, don't get me wrong. I'm gonna stay in as long as I can. <laughs> Enjoy this ride. Yeah, you know it's good, and I do think the the technology is gonna get better. And I think uh, now you get the big boys coming in and Google and Microsoft playing and helping. If they don't do the products themselves, they're gonna fund the projects. Uh, Facebook, you know, with the Terragraph stuff. So it's gonna be mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Uh, I think you're gonna see more uh, in cooperation and and. Uh, coming down uh, from the big guys with the little guys and what can we do to get rural um, uh, rural uh, internet better awesome I'm looking forward to it good thank you guys okay thanks